0: Welcome to Encounter at Catholic Charities, a podcast from Catholic Charities of Central and Northern Missouri, created to share the story of our work to provide care and create hope in the Diocese of Jefferson City through compassionate social services to those in need, regardless of faith, culture, or situation. My name is Ashley Wiskirkin. I'm the Senior Director of Communications at Catholic Charities and your host. This episode, we're joined by Paul Cernkovich, who is the Adult Faith Formation Director at the Columbia Newman Center, with a rich history of service to Catholic Charities and a beautiful take on parish engagement and parish relations. I'm so glad you're here listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Encounter at Catholic Charities.
1: Yes, well, my name is Paul Cernkovich, and I am the current Director of Adult Formation at the Newman Parish in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, I am coming from all over the country, so a short history. I have a master's in theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville. I have a bachelor's in theology from the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. I spent about six years in the United States Army as a chaplain's assistant, and I used to work at Catholic Charities uh, in Fort Worth as the director of parish relations. And then I uh, have done some various parish work. As either, both the director of religious ed and now the director of adult formation here at Newman in Columbia. So, initially working at Catholic Charities in Fort Worth as, in parish relations really was an extension of my work as a chaplain's assistant in the Army. So, in the Army, uh, the basic uh, role there was to ensure that the pastor of whatever denomination at the time had what he needed to accomplish in mission, which was bringing First Amendment, bringing the ability to worship God according to. Uh, your particular religious need, uh, in uh, in the army. So that was a great preparation for logistics, for planning, and for what we call the ministry of presence. So went to college at the University of Dallas, study theology, minor in business uh, to get more equipped and trained and educated around that. And then following that, moving into Catholic Charities in Fort Worth, parish relations really fit what I was what I had done before experientially with the. Newfound education. So, parish relations was the ability to go out, support the pastor's mission. In this case, particularly to co-locate with Catholic social teaching, social ministry within the parish, and then start to build networks of collaboration and subsidiarity. Along with that, we had a great time. I loved uh, seeing what was going on in the parish. Loved networking. Uh, we had a gr- we had a program for. Our school children to come out to the agency and to learn more specifically about Catholic social teaching and to enact different principles uh, by all by the time they were out of eighth grade. It was a great success. Loved it. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun. Uh, And so that was my initial uh, foray into direct. Work with a social service agency, but it was an extension, I think, of working in the Army. And so when I came up here to continue my work in formation, which is another passion of mine to form others in the faith, uh, seeing that there was a local Catholic Charities uh, by, I wanted to ensure that I could at least be involved somehow and maybe give some of the small little bit of knowledge I had from working in parish relations to the agency here. And it's been a great collaborative experience so far.
0: Something I love about your experience, Paul, and what I do think brings so much value to Catholic Charities here is the continuation of enriching parish life in your ministry. So, your work both at Catholic Charities was an enrichment for Catholic charities, you know, is this relationship from the parish to Catholic charities, but also in every experience I have with parishioners, it flows back from Catholic charities into the parish. So I see from my perspective, the thread that connects those passions that you have with the work you continue to do. But I'd love to hear a little bit about um, how formation and service in parish life seem to reciprocate when they're involved at a
1: Catholic charities. The first thing that comes to mind in terms of informing one another, in terms of what would seem like disparate aspects, is that the Catholic people are a people of and, so we don't say either or unless it's in due to sin. So sin is a non thing, but in relation to everything else that is good, it's an and. And so when we talk about formation and then service, we're talking about what the scripture talks about in terms of word and deed. And so the ministry I'm involved in with formation is primarily a ministry of the word. The word has to be spoken, the ministry with Catholic Charities, with Parish Social Ministry, with service. Charity and mercy, whichever particular umbrella you call it, is deed. So it's again, it is understanding what the gospel is proclaiming and doing it. And that's it's a twofold thing. It's it's not a it's not an object you can separate without doing real damage to understanding how it is to be Catholic. Another analogy you could use that's that's used, it's faith and works, it's reason and faith. Uh, it's body and soul. And so if you think of it in terms of that, formation is speaking and the service is doing. Both have to be done for it to be a, a complete and whole and universal aspect, which is what Catholic means.
0: When we're working at Catholic charities in mission advancement, right, moving the direct service provision, moving the mission mission, delivery forward, which is a lot of parish engagement work. Sometimes I feel that's reduced to what will I get out of it if I come volunteer at Catholic Charities, or what are we looking for in terms of support to continue growing? And I think what you've touched on with me and others is something much deeper than that. It's not a give and take. There's something spiritual at work that I think sometimes it's harder for people to be conscious of when people or even families, groups that come into the pantry come together and they don't really know what to expect. And working in the Catholic Charities Food Pantry is direct service. So there are folks shopping food to be set out and organized. You're checking out groceries, walking people to their car. It can be a little uncomfortable if it's your first time volunteering, but the bonds that groups have when they come in and just the joy that they experience. I think a lot of people come to Catholic Charities ready to serve thinking they're going to give something, but they find something else in that act of service, too.
1: Absolutely. And it's rooted in, in not only what we do, but who we are and who we are in God. So the first principle of social teaching is, has to do with human dignity. And the fundament of what that means. The human person is fundamentally wired physiologically, spiritually, psychologically, intellectually for relationship. And this goes back to Genesis 127. So in his image, they were created. And the image is an image of Trinitarian love. And so the what is love and love here, meaning charity, which is kind of lost in our modern linguistic understanding of it, but charity or caritas in Latin or agape in Greek means love that doesn't really count the cost. It's pouring itself out. Likewise, it's pouring itself out so much it can receive as another act of love. Now, that happens first and foremost eternally in God himself, meaning the father pours himself out and the son receives himself Okay, receives himself in a way uh, so perfectly that that the reception of that is also a gift back which is the Holy Spirit human beings are created in that image and so when we are giving to another who is in need we are also receiving the gift of their gratefulness the encounter with them and there's a lot of other things going on but the root of it is it's a mirroring of the joy of the Trinity it's a mirroring of the joy of the interpersonal love that exists from all eternity that creates us, who is God. So with information around that, I encounter this just in my own the own work I do at the parish. Many people I, I have talked to are like, there's so much I'm learning, there's so much I'm knowing, I want to go out and do more. But it's just as much on the, as my end to see and to receive the gift of them becoming more of who they're supposed to be in Christ by a simple means of either instruction or prayer exercise or whatever else it, it is. And so when it comes to service, it's the same. When one knows, one can serve more rightly or in a more rightly ordered way. One can serve in a way that makes the spiral of the increasing heat of that divine charity flow that much faster. And so, when it comes to the and, one of the the images that the saints use is of fire. And particularly, if you want to think about it, like a pillar of fire that's constantly turning and dancing, so much so that the angels, the highest angels in heaven, are called the seraphs, who are the burning ones, meaning they burn with charity to pray. And they're simply saying, Holy, 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 you know, in the most perfect way you can do it. But our lives are meant to be a reflection of that, and we see this all over the scriptures, but you see it most clearly when you're forming someone, and that could be at the level of the parish. It could be mom to child. It could be a priest to penitent. It could be to um, a volunteer to someone receiving food, and it's never a one-way street. The second half of that is always... The gift, and the more properly it is received, which is something we have to learn in the context of the fall, a gift more properly received is itself a gift back to the giver. So it becomes this continual cycle of giving and receiving that is a an, an in time and in space reflection of what goes on eternally between God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Interested in learning more about becoming a parish ambassador? Parish Ambassadors work with Catholic Charities to share news of their parish and needs and in turn learn about Catholic Charities programs and services that can better equip them to serve their community. To learn more about becoming a parish ambassador, visit our website at cccnmo.diojeffcity.org parish ambassadors or give us a call today at 573-635-7719. Now back to our episode. One of the big tasks that Catholic Charities has received from Bishop McKnight is to find ways to bolster a parish's ability to be centers of charity and mercy to their communities. You know, we serve 38 counties in central and northern Missouri. It's a very broad geographical coverage area with 95 parishes placed throughout. And we right now have offices in Jefferson City, Sedalia, and Columbia, So when we hear Bishop McKnight's call for parishes to rise up as centers of charity and mercy in their communities, that's really exciting for Catholic charities because we know of the great need. So we have some systems in place at Catholic Charities to help bolster this work in parishes, but one thing we decided last year to really invest in was the the spiritual formation of parish social ministers. And you joined us in that effort too, when we established the parish engagement and charity events and sought to collect people who were serving on the social concerns commission or committee at their parish, or a benevolence committee, or simply active in their parish in responding to needs that are presented by their community. In those parish engagement and charity events, which we call peace events, we were able to encounter I have the numbers, a little over 80 attendees. And I got such positive feedback from folks who attended that event because some of them expressed to me just the pitfall of burning out. We have this high, high level of need. You know, a, one of the attendees told me, like, there is so much need in this county and this parish is called so many times and we can do so much, you know, a month. We can provide this, but then we have limitations as well. And in the face of that need, you know, how do we respond? So at Catholic Charities, we listened to the diaconate community and responded with some formation to better spiritually equip those who are performing social ministry
1: at their parish. So one of the pitfalls of ministry, as you say, can be burnout. And one of the things I noted when I was at Catholic Charities in Fort Worth was in ministry, there can be a tendency, if one is not Rooted in Christ and continually becoming more and more rooted in Christ to make a God out of God's work. It's a riven thing that can happen in professional ministry, social service, it can happen with anything. And so the first route is to understand what's the purpose of our existence. And the main purpose for every person, not just uh, those who we're serving, but us, is to be with God forever. That's it. And I know there's a lot more on track by that, but that needs to be the first thing when we when we talk at at a peace event or any event, really any event in ministry. What is the point of you being? And one is before they do, their doing flows from their being. It's not the opposite way around. And what we can really do, especially if a person is more like uh, a Martha and not a Mary is we can get caught up in the burden of doing and forget the real reason. So once that's framed, from there we can say, okay, this is who we are, this is what we're created for, this is the goal of our existence. Now, how do we get there? That's what a mission is. A mission is ascending. Okay, it's being sent forth just like we are at Mass every single week. That sending is also scripturally noted, and that's just Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go, therefore, making disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to command uh, everything that I've taught you to do, and look, because behold just means look. I am with you until the end of the age. So the key there is it's not by our own efforts alone that we do anything. So in ministry, The first thing to realize and to re-realize and to re-realize and to re-realize again is that it is Christ's work. We are participating in his work, which is a participation in the creative work of the Father. And when people know that at every level uh, of ministerial formation, burnout starts to lose its power because we realize that I am not the Savior. That's Jesus. And I will show up and continue to cooperate more with what he has made me to be and who he has made me to be. That's very hard for a lot of people, especially in ministry, to really imbibe. However, when it happens, it's freeing because then it frees a person to encounter any person, whether they be a coworker, a a boss, family member, neighbor, enemy, to simply encounter them and be an open clear vessel for the Lord's grace for Jesus' own life to flow through them in whatever way he so chooses.
0: Enjoying this episode? If you are, you could do us a big favor. Hit the like button, drop a quick comment, or give us a follow. Your support means everything and helps us reach more listeners. Sharing the story of our work is such a gift. We can't wait to connect with more of you. Okay, back to the conversation are a lot of ways that parish engagement with Catholic Charities would seek to connect parishioners to the work of Catholic Charities specifically, you know, back to programs, back to direct services we provide. Support is really helpful in growing programs. But something that I've been very intentional about in the parish engagement work that I've been participating in at Catholic Charities is, again, that reorientation that charitable works in your parish is the work that bolsters a parish's ability to be a center of charity and mercy, right? And I think sometimes people perceive parish engagement at Catholic Charities or the Parish Ambassador Program as only Catholic Charities to the parish and the parish back to Catholic Charities. But my goal is increase works of charity in every county. And if that leads to Catholic Charities being able to have a satellite office in every county, or a full-time staff member, or a counselor, or a financial stability specialist, or a housing counselor, or a disaster response staff member, you know, in pockets of the diocese or every parish, praise the Lord, that would be amazing. And right now, it might be you sitting at home listening
1: to this podcast. So, in terms of a a specific how, how do we make that connection a little bit more? The very first is prayer. That, that may sound like a trite platitude if it's not backed up with what, what is prayer. Prayer is the relationship with the one who can actually make the things happen, i.e. Jesus. So that has to be step one, is prayer. The rosary, adoration, mass, family prayer, whatever that is, focus that on the, on the particular things. The second would be uh focus on what the all of the works of mercy are. So the works of mercy are the specific hows in which we live out the final test, if you will, which is Matthew 25. So that includes both physical needs, which we can look at and identify either as a parish council, as a particular ministry, as a family. Okay, how are we doing this? So that's the physical, the corporal works of mercy, but also the spiritual, which includes things like Praying for the living and the dead, which includes things like comforting the afflicted, counseling the doubtful, admonishing sinners, which doesn't mean to judge, it means to call forth. All of these things are included in that center of charity and mercy. And so you can the simplest way to do that, to my mind, would be if you have a representative coming to Catholic Charities to a peace event, taking that back. And then being able to take that to a parish council or a local ministry group, or if you have uh, a dedicated group of families that really want to get involved, and I know there's a lot of those around, taking those specific items of both prayer, being really rooted in prayer, being rooted in a spirituality, okay, maybe a particular flavor of spirituality. So if your parish is a Franciscan spirituality, there's all kinds of stuff around mercy there. If you're a Vincentian parish, there's all kinds of stuff in that vein. But really all of the saints, and so you can take any of the, the saints that you have as a patron for the parish and look at their lives as an example not only of formation or prayer but also of the particular ways in which they were merciful towards those in need, both bodily and in spirit. So prayer first, really looking at and examining how the parish is living out works of mercy of any kinds and that's with catholic charities or not. I mean that parishes have dual kind of one foot in and one foot closer to the world and that's that's a good thing. It serves as a kind of a bridge. And as well as uh, your family, your family groups making it part of lenten missions or or advent missions, making it a, a continual context of talking about that. And I would say fourth, our bishop has rightly done a great thing by orienting us in In a way towards stewardship. And so I would go so far as to say that this is a part of the entire plan of stewardship and it doesn't go in an antagonism towards it. It's collocative with it, it walks with it. Part of stewarding is doing what needs to be done for the garden. And that includes things like charity and mercy. So those are four, I think, four ways I would say to beginning that process prayer, the works of mercy. Understanding this this is as part of stewardship and uh, really just focusing again on the different layers that that happens within a parish, because a parish itself is a family of families.
0: We've talked about that too here, the two-pronged efforts of providing someone with what they need and accompanying them in their need. So there are a lot of ways that Catholic charities can provide a service, provide a referral, advocate for a person's need. From what I've seen at Catholic Charities in my two years here, even further than providing for the need is the accompaniment of someone who says they are in need. The line separating physical needs, spiritual needs, mental health needs, financial needs, social needs. I mean, it's just everyone has a need. But at Catholic Charities, we're already set up to encounter those who need more. And providing them a solution is a beautiful thing. But the case management practices here at Catholic Charities, the staff members who are in the pantry, who become friends with our neighbors, who know them, who recognize them, call them by their name, check in on them, celebrate life accomplishments with them, cry with them when they're distressed, that is... And something so valuable. And I've always admired that about the Vincentians as well, because they do a lot of home visiting. And that's a lot of accompaniment. They're on the phone. They're in the home. They're walking with people as they minister to them. And that relationship is invaluable to many people.
1: You cannot lead those to the light of Christ without first loving them. And you cannot be led to the light of Christ without receiving and letting yourself be loved. The other way to say that is found in the scriptures, which I'll let the listeners look up, and it is Mark 12, 29 through 31.
0: Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts about parish engagement, parish social ministry, charity, and works of mercy. I look forward to having you at some peace events this coming year.
1: Likewise. It's a blessing to be here, Ashley.
0: Thank you for listening to Encounter at Catholic Charities, a podcast sharing the story of our work to provide compassionate care and create hope in the 38 counties we serve in Central and Northern Missouri. Our introduction music was created by Gerardo Garcia of Storyblocks. Additional sound and editing by Ashley Wiskirkin. Catholic Charities of Central and Northern Missouri, providing care, creating hope, serving all regardless of faith, culture, or situation.